Community Voice Podcast, episode number 27. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Community Voice Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and of course, this is the podcast where I get the awesome opportunity and privilege of introducing somebody from the GSPN.TV community to everybody else in the GSPN.TV community. Today's going to be a lot of fun. We've got Jim Beagley on the line, and I know Jim's been around for quite some time here at GSPN, and... uh we're going to bring him on right now. Jim, welcome to the Community Voice. Good afternoon, Cliff. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad to have you on here. Now, you, gosh, how long have you been listening to GSPN and participating in the community? Wow. Um, quite a few years. How's that? I'm not real sure. It's been a while. Tell me if I am totally uh, misrepresenting myself and my memories here. But did I have a conversation with you years ago when I was on a vacation in Mexico? Yes. I was going to bring that up if Stephanie was in the room. That You actually, uh, I chatted me from the beach on your computer one day and we were talking about it. And you're just like, this is so cool. <laughs> I, that, you know, that, I, I was almost sure that was you because. Yeah, that was me. That was the first time I ever really interacted with you. And I, we were in. Oh, gosh, where was that place where we were at? We were in Los, Los Cabos, Mexico, I think. Yeah, lo, uh, sorry, yeah. I, you were on a beach, I remember that. And you said you told me that Stephanie was up in the room sleeping and you were doing some internet time. Yeah, Cabo San Lucas is what they called it. But anyway, um, yeah, so I was out on the beach and I had my MacBook with me. I, th- I think the MacBook was brand new at the time. And and I was out there. They had Wi-Fi on the beach in Mexico. And, and we, we did. I... I, I chatted with you, and I remember that that experience. That was pretty wild. So, gosh, that, that was funny. Yep, that was several years. That was probably five years ago. Five years ago. Wow, Almost. has it been that long? Yeah. Wow. Well, anyway, so 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 folks know you've been around almost since the very beginning of what we were doing. How did you find GSPN, by the way? Uh, probably through Father Roderick. I'm a big fan of the, the work that he does over there at SQPN, but probably through Father Roderick. Right. That or through Podcast Answer Man, either either one. I was looking, you know, looking at how the whole technology behind creating podcasts works. Well, the funny thing is, is that back at that time, Father Roderick and I did not know one another personally. Um, we may have exchanged a handful of emails and back at the, I remember back then <clears throat> back then I used to think of uh, uh Father Roderick as the same way that I'd think of Leo Laporte as like this untouchable you know web celebrity guy that you know man it would be cool to get to talk to him one day and and stuff like that and as a matter of fact I so, so back then it was just like I, I think we exchanged like just a little bit of feedback back and forth but um but yeah so, it's, so things have changed a lot since over the years but anyway, let's talk about you uh, and uh, tell us a little bit about Jim Beakley. Well, I live in central Pennsylvania, right near uh, right near Hershey, not too far from Hershey Chocolate. So um, I am the father of four. I have a daughter, Sarah, who is, wow, she's 13 now, uh, who liked the Hannah Montana podcast that your daughter did. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I have a son, CJ, Christopher James. We call him CJ. He's 10. I have a son, Josh, who's eight. And Jacob, who's uh, being a little noisy downstairs at the moment, is, is six. You have, and then I'm married to uh, the lovely woman. Uh, my wife's name is Kim. I got to meet your, you and your wife face-to-face in Boston. Uh, this oh, that was year. awesome. That was great. Finally getting to meet you. It's one of those things. It, it, you know, I've known you and I've known Father Roderick and some of the other people that were there for, you know, five years and conversed with you. It was such an incredible opportunity to to finally get to meet people face to face and to see you and interact with you. And, you know, it's like I've known you and your family forever, you know, and the same with Father Roderick and, you know, all the things that you've done and you've shared through your various podcasts. I've never, never a big fan of the Lost Fought podcast because I never really watched the series, but I listened to a lot of the other podcasts on your, on your network. And, you know, it was really cool to be able to just to just meet you face to face for once. And I did get to pick your brain a little bit. Yep. Yep. There's nothing wrong with that. I love to talk about podcasting. It's funny. Uh, if, if I didn't have to find a way to make a living, I'd sit there and talk to people all day long for free about podcasting. So, um, so I had no problem sharing, sharing some thoughts with you. So that, let's, let's talk about that. You have, a, you have an interest in podcasting as well, don't you? I, I have an interest in podcasting. I haven't, I don't want to say I haven't started my own. I've been trying. It's one of those things that I've been I've been playing around with the idea for a really long time and you keep telling me just do it because I do have a niche that I'm interested in which we can talk about but I am the host of the Secrets of Harry Potter podcast over sqpn.com which is an interesting you know story too you know it started off with Father Roderick and and whatnot and then went to and I just started to leave feedback as part of the of the show and started to interact with the hosts and whatnot became a panelist on the show and then finally I, I, I took over as host and we, we put out a show about once a month now and it's, it's been an interesting experience and to learning how now Father Roderick does all the, the, the uploading and things like that but I do the recording and, and organizing all that which has been a learning experience for me. Wow. Yeah, so so basically you you've had that experience. Tell us about if you were to actually launch your own podcast and and do everything from scratch, what would your podcast be about? And I already know the answer to this. Uh, do you do you really? I think. Well, I've been I I, I you think. Um the uh I would think I would do one related to teaching history or teaching the Civil War. Mhm. Um I live 35 miles north of Gettysburg and I have a real passion for, for the Civil War, I run a very popular website um, called teachthecivilwar.com. So if you ever, if you do homeschooling or whatnot and you're looking for resources about that, I, I do teachthecivilwar.com that, you know, talks about, just provides resources for teachers on how they can, you know, use technology in their classroom. And I, and I always thought that would be a good vehicle for the niche market that you always talk about, you know, find your niche and, and do that. And your most recent po- podcast answer, man, you talked about that where you went from generally speaking to, you know, pursuing a balanced life, mm-hmm. you know, or you went from your original generally speaking, which spun off lost, you know, that sort of thing. So I've already found my niche market and there aren't a lot of podcasts out there about it. And the uh, a follow up question that I'll answer myself is why haven't I done it yet? Mm-hmm. And the re- the reason for that is audio quality. Uh, it's it's not the content so much is it's the audio quality, and I don't want to put out something that's poor in quality. 
because you know you know I know that listening to you forever in your high PR forty you know is is a bit intimidating sometimes, but I should just break down and start putting some shows out there. But I'm I'm just very concerned about the audio quality. Well, I tell you, don't. I mean, you can listen to me all you want about the audio quality, and, and trust me, I, I believe every word that I say, and and I wouldn't say it if I didn't believe it. But don't ever let that keep you from producing the content, because what you may find is that right now you don't have you don't you don't feel like compelled that there's an investment necessary in a couple hundred dollars worth of equipment. So I got started with thirty five dollars. That's that's how much it cost me to start podcasting. $35. I bought a U, uh mine wasn't USB, but it was just like one of those USB Logitech headsets uh and and you record into Audacity. You can certainly get started with that. You're not going to have the highest quality of audio, but the thing is is I think you're if you have the passion for the content and you have the, you know, the consistency of putting the content out there and you have the content that people are eager to hear about then I think what you'll find is you'll start to get some traction with just your content and consistency. And over time, you'll become convinced that this is something that you want to invest in more heavily. And as you do, then you'll find it easier to, to you know, creatively come up with ways of, of making the extra money come in that, that will get you the gear you need to take it to the level where you want to go. But certainly, if, if you're waiting for that, it, you may find yourself hard pressed at times to actually put aside the money for something you're not quite sure you want to invest in yet. Okay. Um, that that's, that's good advice. And I, I've started to realize that a little bit. I've created some, um, screen capture videos and doing, you know, showing teachers how to do some things and I've put them on my blog and whatnot. And I'm getting a lot of feedback from that content, those short little movies, that content on, you know, like YouTube or whatnot. So I could see the advantage of how you build community or build feedback around the digital products that you put out there. Yep. They're, definitely just get out there and start creating a space for yourself. That, that That's my number one suggestion is, is that, yeah, obviously, ultimately down the road, and especially if you were already an existing, and this is the thing, when, when you hear Podcast Answer Man, I'm talking mostly, most of my content is, is geared towards, hey, if you're looking to, ex, to use podcasting to extend your brand and your business and you're looking this to be a marketing channel to, to you know, whether or not it be for building y- your reputation as a, a person of authority in a certain area or you're looking to make money from this and, or whatever the case may be, if you're an existing business and, and you're cr- looking to create a podcast, I would I would highly advise against a $35 microphone and starting a podcast that way. But somebody in your position where you're looking at starting something from scratch and, and bootstrapping it all the way up, you've already got the gear necessary to record a podcast. Just start putting it out there, build an audience, and and then slowly improve your quality as you go. Okay. You, I mean, I'll, I will definitely, I will definitely get that. But one of the things I want to do too, and I think you you had talked about it before, is get a few episodes in the can, if you will, before you release it. Yeah, there. That's definitely an approach. I, you know, that's there's a lot of people that do that. So yeah, it it, it definitely would help if if you're not able to set aside the time weekly to to go ahead and do that. But anyway, so so let's talk about this fascination that you have with the Civil War because that's every time I've ever seen you, it, it, it's always 
Jim Beakley and the Civil War. So so where did your fascination <laughs> with the Civil War? I mean, obviously you live close to Gettysburg, but but seriously, what 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 intrigues you about that era and that that time and that that piece of our history? Well, my father was a history teacher. Oh. And you know, that kind of sparked my 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 interest in it. And then I um my brother, my oldest brother lives just south of Gettysburg. So when we used to drive from, I used to live in southwestern Pennsylvania. And when we would drive to visit him, we'd go through Gettysburg to, and then and then go visit him. So we always went there and it just kind of piqued my interest back, all the way back then. And um, then my wife and my wife got me into reenacting and we started doing that. And that just really kind of took off from there. Um, you know, even one month after my daughter was born, we're on a we're at a civil war reenactment with her, you know, kind of thing. So it's just been kind of part of my life and growing up. My, like you always said, my, um, my internet handle, if you will, is F I F E R one eight six three. So it's Pfeiffer 1863. So it's one of those things. I'm a civil war Pfeiffer. It's a musical instrument that I play. It's, it's really been just a, a lot of years. And so then when I went to school, for my doctoral degree and I got a, I have my doctoral degree in education. It's an instructional technology. Mm -hmm. So it's instructional technology is all about how teachers can use computers and technologies in, in the classroom to better the, what they're doing. I actually studied how teachers are using technology to teach the American civil war, which is kind of how my, my internet presence and whatnot to teach the civil war website came out of, out of the being. And now even I got my daughter involved in it. Right. You know, Sarah, she's, she does, she has an award-winning project that she does um, that's traveling around learning about the American Civil War. It's, it's called Civil War Sally. And it's just, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a stuffed teddy bear that's traveling around using web 2.0 tools to, you know, it's doing blogs and doing Flickr and things like that so that it's, you know, posting that information out there. So it's a, it's just a safe way. And it's just one of those passions that I've had. So talk to me about this uh, reenactment because I've heard a lot about this. I've seen people, I've seen like shows that show little bits and clips of people doing these Civil War reenactments. What, what is a Civil War reenactment and why do people do them? So the reason why, some, there's different reasons why people do reenacting. Some of them do it, you know, as, a, as kind of a hobby. And they go and they just you know, kind of interact with the, with the people and whatnot. And some people are, are hardcore. It's kind of like podcasting, if you will you know, you're a hardcore podcaster and, you know, they do everything. You have the best equipment and those types of things. And they do it for historical accuracy. And there are groups that, you know, will pick a specific part of a battle and reenact that specific battle and that particular thing and move exactly the way those people do, you know, and try to and, and make it as close to the real thing as possible. Right. And then there are others that do it for, you know, just kind of a, a general feel of what it was like to be in, in the Civil War era. So most of the people, it's just for a love of history and a love and a passion of doing for the American Civil War. Or, you know, I've got a good friend that does French and Indian War. So, you know, there's just different, different time periods and different eras that people are passionate about. So it's really, that's why, they, that's why the, the people that I know do it. You know, I do it more for the education part. Right. I like I like to go and just I would I, w I don't really want to go and shoot my musket so much as I want to go and talk to people and talk about the uniform that the soldier would have worn and the equipment 
you know, or the music that they would have listened to or the civilian life and how that was like and things like that. How long does a reenactment act uh, last? Most of them are a weekend thing, you know, go a Friday night through a Sunday. So and, I, I have this picture in my mind that when you go in that you're like in character, like through the whole period. It, it, I mean, do you guys ever some, do that? Some people do that. You know, some people will take on a specific persona that they have researched. And I know several gentlemen who have researched like their grandfather or then the unit that they're with and they'll talk in as close to, I want to say first person as they can. And others, you know, are, are not as serious and, you know, they're, they're just, they've got their coolers and modern equipment and things like that too. But, you know, most of the people that I know of, they try to be very, you know, they keep all the modern anachronisms out of, out of their speech and as much as they can. And they keep, you know, anything that's um, not period out of, uh, so that people can't see it, that sort of thing. So, but yeah, it's, you, there are people that do it first person. And they, I know some people that are really good at it, especially the ones that do like the officers, be it, you know, one of the, any particular, the generals or some of the more famous person. There's a, there's a gentleman around here that does a really good interpretation of the governor of Pennsylvania, Andrew Curtin. He's been doing that for a really long time. Huh. Now, do you have to pay to participate in something like this? Yeah, there's a small entrance fee, but it helps cover your costs for firewood and things like that. Gotcha. And do people pay to come and like observe these? There are some that have um, that have an admission fee for spectators, and some of them that have you know some of them are free depending on where they are. Um, that it depends on what it is. Some of them will will be they'll say the specific proceeds go to local historical society or they'll go to um, preservation, that sort of thing. So all the proceeds will go somewhere. Gotcha. Well, and I, some I, of the bigger ones are strictly just to make money kind of thing too. Yeah. It, well, it's, it sounds fascinating. And as, as we are, you know, thinking and considering the opportunities of, of homeschooling here and, and actually pursuing them for Matthew, um, the, these things sound to me like it'd be something that I might be interested in and taking the kids to to participate in where 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 all do these happen? I mean, obviously there's some in your area. Um, are, are, do they happen all over? They happen all over. Um, I know there's there's some that happen in Columbus, which I don't know how far that is from you. It's about two hours. Um, you know, there's there's a there's actually a a village not far from in Ohio called the Hale Farm. Okay. That it's actually you go through it and it they have period mid 1800s homes that you can walk through and people interact with and they have a big event every year there at the Hale farm. Nice. So, and even like, you know, Daniel Decatur Emmett was from Ohio. So, you know, those are types of things. He was a famous uh, musician of the civil war era. Very cool. Jackson, Michigan. Someone was saying Jackson, Michigan. There's, you know, they're all over. You can look on, you know, a lot of them are around your little community or they'll have them like in your town or, you know, a local town, just a small little, they call them encampments mm -hmm. where a single unit will set up and just kind of display what they're doing and, um, you know, and share what those types of things and, you know, talk about it. Maybe they'll do a firing demonstration or a cannon firing demonstration, depending on what it is. Gotcha. Now the hockey team and the hockey team out of Ohio, the Columbus Blue Jackets. I know yeah. you're not in Ohio, but you're close enough, right? Yeah. Um, the the Columbus Blue Jackets is actually named after a Civil War team. A oh, Civil really? War. The Blue Jackets, yeah. Oh well, I guess that makes sense. I never thought about that. They actually wear a kepi on their sleeve. That's one of the as their symbol huh. on the sleeve with their jerseys. Very cool. 
Well, tell me a little bit more about um, some other hobbies that you have. I mean, you obviously stay pretty busy with that, but you've you've probably got some other things that you're interested in as well. Yeah, no, not really. No, um, no, I do computers, and I mean, I, I spend so much time with the kids, that you know, that, like you do. I mean, I I help coach their wrestling team, and I'm always running around doing stuff with the kids. We always like like you. We do things as a family. Yeah. So we really like it. You know, we're taking a trip to West Point, New York this weekend to, to go up to the military academy for a basketball game with the kids and, you know, using that as a learning experience, going to the museum and doing things in scouts and stuff like that. So it's all about, I don't really have a whole lot of hobbies outside of, unless you call having kids a hobby, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's an expensive one. It's an expensive hobby, I'll say. You know, I, I, I don't... They don't really golf, you know, a lot. I go out on Friday nights and play basketball with, with a bunch of the guys at our Catholic church. You know, they meet at the gym and play and play basketball once a week. You know, that's a, that's my hobby. So well, there you go. Very cool. But, but, you know, it's one of those things that it's just, you know, how I want to spend my time and how I want to devote it. I could, you know, do golf and things like that, but I just decide to, you know, spend it with my kids. Yeah, that that's a valuable um, investment of time. There's no doubt about that. Well, I'll tell you what, I really appreciate uh, the fact that you have been such a valuable p- part of our community. Uh, you've been in a ton of live chat rooms, and I, I believe you're <laughs> over there now already in the GSPN community site as well. I am in the GSPN community. I've asked a few questions related to podcasting and whatnot. Yep, and so. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm excited about that. And folks, I'll, I'll make sure to put some links in our show notes to where you can find Jim at, over at gspncommunity.com. Also, I'll put a link to the Secrets of Harry Potter podcast and teachthecivilwar.com. Anything else you want to share with the community? Well, no, I just, I just wanted to leave a, if I can leave a quick feedback. You had talked recently on how to explain RSS to a second grader. Yeah. On one of your shows. So I teach graduate education courses on okay. educational technology. So I say, this is how I explain it to my students. So, and I'll try to do my best here, but in your car, you have a radio and the radio stations from all around you are sending in signals. And those signals are like the the internet, those radio stations. You have all these websites that are sending in radio signals and you need a way to capture them. And that's those, those radio signals are like RSS. So in your, in your car, you set your radio station to a dial and you're trying to find like, like you're trying to find your favorite song. So you go to one station and you find your song, you know, and then maybe you go back and it's not playing another of your favorite songs. So you switch to another and you keep going back. You're wasting a lot of time trying to find your favorite song on your favorite station or whatnot. So you pre-program them, you know, your five stations or whatever. So you're on the Internet. It's the same way. You have all those websites that are sending out information and you don't want to keep going back to them every time to see if they're playing your song or if they have new content. So you use an aggregator to capture that. So it works out really well, you know, it's kind of analogy. Then you can program your radio or your aggregator to pick up the websites that you want. So, um, you know, it's one of those, it's just a a way that I like to try to make an analogy of it. Right. You know, that it's a little bit, it was a little, um, I don't want to say simplistic way of of trying to, of trying to explain how it's very similar. Right. You know, and how the, you, so then when you have your radio set up to your five stations that you have in your, in there, or you have, you know, your aggregator set up to a bunch of stations, or, you know, depending on how many you want. And one of, that's one of the biggest things, you know, teachers don't have time to go out and find resources. So why not let the power of the internet work for them? Right. 
Well, I'll tell you what, there, you know, the power of RSS and technology, there's definitely a lot of benefits there for people in the educational field that has not been tapped into the mo- for the most part. And uh, I, I think that, that for you, you know, especially with your degree and with your knowledge and, and your passion for history, I tell you, I, I see so much potential there for you to, to really not just have, you know, a very popular website, to, but to also create possibly even a very, very successful business around just just what you're involved in already. So just want to encourage you in that area. Thanks, Cliff. I mean, I've started a little side business, you know, trying to do some of that. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Very cool. Well, we'll continue to pray for you. And uh, thank you very much for coming on to the show today. Anytime, Cliff. I'm always, always, always available for you. And anytime you need any help, just let me know. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Cliff. Well, my friends, there you go. Another episode of The Community Voice. And I'll tell you what, there are many, many poor people out there that are left for me to interview. And so there is no shortage of those folks. But if I, if you want to be on the show here, um, first and foremost, we ask you that you do become a Plus member. And of course, that has never been easier. And to be honest with you, there's almost zero barrier for you to become a Plus member at all. Just go over to gspn.tv slash plus to learn more about that. But uh, we have we have lots of Plus members, by the way. And uh, if you are a Plus member and you want to come on to the Community Voice, send me an email, cliff at gspn.tv. Again, that's cliff at gspn.tv. And we can possibly schedule it out. If you can be available on a Thursday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern time, that is so much better for me. In fact, I think I might actually scoot that down to 3.15 each day, each Thursday just because um, finding the family from the heart oftentimes goes over. Anyway, uh, thank you guys for listening to this. We want to encourage you to head over to gspncommunity.com and you can uh, interact with Jim and so many other people in the community. And... Um, Yeah, lots of fun stuff. I'll tell you what, I am wore out after recording a long day of shows here. So I'm going to go ahead and say goodbye. And until next time, I encourage you to join the community. Mm